What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. And today's episode, I'm going to tell you how to lose some body fat. This is our groundbreaking episode. Actually, I am going to tell you how to lose some body fat. But it is within the context of what I have been doing personally and what I have been coaching Mel through. And I feel like I've gotten enough questions about it that I'm just going to lay it all out there and tell you the exact process that I used for myself to drop 10 pounds of fat in preparation for my trip to Miami and how I'm going to also continue to get leaner before my wedding. And the protocol that I used, the protocol that I gave to Mel as her coach. And then I'm also going to help you understand the lessons to extract because my plan will not work for you and Mel's plan will not work for you. But there are things that you can take away that you can apply immediately today that will help you get leaner. If you want to be more fit, more toned, you want to improve your body composition because you know that it's almost summer, you've got goals and you want to reach those goals. This is going to help you. So hopefully you pay attention to the important pieces and don't get so caught up in the particulars of our protocols, but more about the principles and the tangible action items that you can take that will help you get to where you want to be. Before we get into all of that, of course, today is the day that we give away. (laughs) That was unintentional rhyming. Today is the day that we give away some free supplements from one of our sponsors because you guys are so beautiful and you leave five-star ratings every single week, which is how you're eligible to win. You can do it on Apple Podcasts. You can do it on Spotify. You can tag me on Instagram and you can win any supplement of your choice from one of our sponsors, Cured, Organifi, or Paleo Valley. This week's winner is J-U-I-O-T-T. That's the username, J-U-I-O-T-T. The review says, great podcast. It's the title. She says, I've been listening to your podcast for the past week and really enjoying them. Before, I couldn't find a podcast to stick to, but these have been so informative. I've been going back into the archives and listening to older ones. As someone that struggles with my weight loss, it's been super helpful. Keep on rocking it. Thank you so much. J-U-I-O-T-T is the username. Email me. The email address is mike at peakoptimizationperformance.com. And I will get you all hooked up with a free supplement of your choice. And the fact that you're going back into the archives and listening to old episodes is a little bit nerve wracking for me since I thought my old episodes were not very good. But uh, don't go too far back. Uh, Actually, you can. Whatever. It's all out there. I can't hide from it. It's there. I don't ever listen to them. So whatever. You'll hear some some evolution and growth throughout the process if you go back and listen to old episodes. Anyway, as always, please subscribe and follow wherever you listen to the show. That is the greatest gift that you can give to me is subscribing and following wherever you listen. That's how we grow. That's how we reach new people. Of course, You can leave your five-star ratings and reviews, which is amazing. But I have since learned that the real method of growth is that we 
have more subscribers and more followers. Basically, that just means that you get a notification anytime a new episode is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We're holding strong with the three days a week, and I like it. I really enjoy doing the Friday episodes for, for coaches. That's been a lot of fun. Anyway, let's get into let's get into the, the good stuff. Let's talk about fat loss. So I am down about 10 pounds from the start of my cut, which is pretty good. Like I'm already relatively lean, so losing 10 pounds is not insignificant. Um, I didn't even have a 10 pound goal. I was, I would say that my goal when I first started was more like seven, eight pounds. So it's about 10 pounds. I started my fat loss phase at about 194 and finished up around 185, but a little bit under. So it's kind of right around that, like nine point something. We'll call it. We'll round up to 10 pounds. It was about eight weeks and. Losing 10 pounds in eight weeks is a perfect rate of change. Because if you think about it on a week to week basis, it's almost unnoticeable. And that's optimal when it comes to rate of change. If it's happening too fast, the system breaks any system. I'm not just talking about the human system. I'm talking about any system. If the rate of change happens too fast, the system breaks. If it happens too slow, you're frustrated. The optimal rate of change is where you almost don't notice it, but when you zoom out, it's obvious. Okay. So what does that mean? On a, on a week to week basis, it's basically unnoticeable, like about a pound ish per week. But with the ups and downs on the scale, it can feel like nothing's changing, which happens all the time. I can't tell you how many times. I'll go into our pop essentials uh, group and somebody will be like, my, the scale's not moving. And then I go look at their graph and it's like a direct line down, but you have to zoom out to see the line down. If you zoom in, it doesn't look like it's changing. It looks like, like a heart rate, you know, thing uh, where you, know, you see like the little squiggly beeps for your heart. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Um, it just looks like the up and down. Like it's just, it doesn't look like anything's happening. But then when you zoom out and you change the time frame that you're looking at and you look at a month, then it's a straight line down. It's funny how that happens. So that's optimal. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, a pound a week, that's not fast enough. Then that's your problem. I just solved your problem, right? In the first 10 minutes of the episode. If you think that it is not fast enough, that's your problem. Because if you think it's not fast enough, that means that you're going to fall for the promises of lose 30 pounds in eight weeks or lose 20 pounds in six weeks or whatever these places and programs and diets are promising these days. If you think about the, the marketing challenge when it comes to diet programs, the marketing challenge is that the claims just have to keep getting more outrageous. So if you're like, you know, some kind of a MLM isogenics bullshit diet. And you're like, we're going to help you lose 20 pounds in six weeks. And then Optavia sees that and they're like, shit, well, we need to claim 30 pounds in six weeks. And then some other bullshit programs like we need to claim. And like, you're just trying to outclaim everybody. It's bullshit. 
none of it works. None of it is sustainable. So the, like, we need to rearrange the mental filter. Even if you find yourself and you read something that's like, you'll lose 30 pounds in eight weeks and you find yourself engaged in that. And you're like, Ooh, that sounds great. I would love to do that. We need to rearrange the mental filter. That's like, wait a minute. Like there should be an alarm that goes off in your head. It's like, I know this trick. This is not actually sustainable. This is going to take me way longer than if I just approach this from a sustainable lens. And you might be thinking to yourself, oh, well, if I, if it took me eight weeks to get 10 pounds off, I'm, I'm still not going to be where I want to be for, for summer because we're already kind of, we're, we're already at that timeline where shit needed to change already. So you might be thinking, uh, timeline doesn't really work out. Yeah, you probably should have started sooner. But one of my favorite sayings is don't let one poor decision burn you twice. Sorry, I clear my throat and I've been dealing with allergies and um, it's not fun. My allergies are kicking my ass these days. But anyway, don't let one poor decision burn you twice. And I see this all the time. So uh, an example of one decision burning you twice. Let's say that a month ago, you inquired about coaching and you were like, I want to work with pop or I want to work with some other quality coach. There's a ton of quality coaches out there. Like you found somebody, you resonated with their stuff. You're like, man, they know, they get it. I trust them. I trust their process. They're very open and transparent about how they create results. I want to work with that person. And then a month ago you inquired and you're like, whatever, like your, your brain got the best of you. You know, you knew you wanted it. You knew you wanted to make a change, but for some reason you just couldn't pull the trigger and you, and you punted instead. Like, ah, now's not the right time. Uh, financially, I, I can't make it work. I'm not going to get resourceful. Uh, whatever you delay. Okay. So that's one poor decision. But if you continue now, it's a month later, that same decision, because you haven't started yet. You still don't start. You still don't make the decision. You still don't hire a coach. Now it's burning you twice. Or another example of a poor decision burning you twice is like, well, I spent money on a program that didn't work. So you're like, whatever it was, I spent $100. I spent $5,000. doesn't matter what the number is, but you're like, I spent money and this program didn't work. So now I am not going to join another program. That one poor decision burned you twice. That's like, I picked the wrong partner. Okay, poor decision, burned you once. I picked the wrong partner. I'm never going to find another person. again. I'm going to spend the rest of my life alone. One poor decision just burned your ass twice. Okay, you spent money on a program that didn't work. It burns you twice if you take that stance and say, I'm never investing in another program again. Or you inquired, you didn't join, and then you realize, hey, I'm still in the same place. Or I'm in a worse spot than I was when I inquired. This literally just happened to us, by the way. Had somebody who was like, I inquired about coaching a year and a half ago. A year and a half. And I was like, well, how did things progress? He's like, I'm, I'm heavier now. I'm more miserable than ever. 
I was like, okay, so what are you going to do about it? She's like, well, I'm going to join coaching. I'm like, great. That is an example of not getting burned twice. Now imagine if she was like, no, nah, it's still not, a, not the right time. Like you've let a year and a half of pain, you've actively selected pain over solution, pain over solution. So one poor decision, we could have been a year and a half along. So instead of letting that mindset burn her twice, she was like, yeah, obviously I could have been a year and a half further along. Instead, I, I backtrack. I'm, I'm in a worse spot. I'm in even more pain. So I'm going to join. I'm going to solve the problem. That is an example of not allowing one decision, poor decision to burn you twice. The reality is every single person should have started sooner in every, like, what do you mean? In everything, literally everything. We should have started sooner. It's very obvious when you get started on something and you're like, shit, I should have done that before. Pretty much anything like uh, I can rattle off a million examples. I should have got it. I should have started sooner when it comes to financial literacy. I should have started sooner when it comes to. Um, I just had one at the top of my head and then it literally escaped me as it was coming. Oh, therapy. <laughs> of course, personal development therapy. I should have started sooner. I probably should have started my business sooner. I probably should have looked at my relationships sooner. Like all of the things that I learned, my weight loss journey, all the, everything. If I had just started sooner, I'd be in a much different place. Now you could, you could sit there and be like, no, things happen for a reason and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. I get that. It's not like I'm sitting here talking about regret and my life sucks. I'm just saying when you recognize the value of something, you very quickly say to yourself, I should have started sooner. It's, it is without a doubt the number one most frequent comment from clients. Literally, number one more than anything else is, damn it, why didn't I start this sooner? Why didn't I find you sooner? Why didn't I hire you sooner? Why didn't I make this decision sooner? It is the number one most common thing. So yes, you should have started sooner, but don't let that burn you twice. If it's going to burn you once because now you're, you're, you're delayed, you didn't start as soon as you could have. It burned, it burned you once. Don't let it burn you twice by continuing the delay. So the first lesson here is start like now, right now. Don't wait. Just start. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's talk about my. Fat loss phase, the first leg of my fat loss phase, down about eight pounds, spent about 10, uh, no, eight weeks. Eight weeks, little diet break for Miami, and then back into high gear until the wedding. And then that's it. Usually I just diet once a year, one fat loss phase every year. Typically it's right around this time, sometimes a little bit earlier. Sometimes I finish it up around May and then I'm done. Uh, I think last year I finished it up around April and then I was done. And then I just coast and I, I typically stop tracking. So going into this fat loss phase, there were several things that were working against me. When I looked at the schedule and I was like, okay, getting started like around March, um, I've got a vacation with Mel and the kids. I've got a work trip, coaching con. 
We've got Mother's Day, not ideal. And then, of course, there's the fact that I am hypothyroid, that I have Hashimoto's, that I've been trying to figure out some gut health issues and working through that. It, it hasn't been like, it's not the perfect setup. Doesn't matter. Because if we keep looking for the perfect setup, and even if we think we find the perfect setup, life has a way of reminding us that there is no such thing. So even if I looked at my schedule and I was like, oh my God, this is, this has never happened before. It is a perfectly clear schedule. Life would be like, hold my beer. We're going to throw a bunch of random shit your way. And we're going to throw that perfect schedule out of whack. It happens every time. So who cares? Imagine if I was like, I can't do it because of the trips and I can't do it because of the holidays and I can't do it because of my metabolism. So I'm just going to keep waiting. Well, waiting for what? If I want to make a change, then I have to go fucking do it. But here we are, 10 pounds gone. I actually feel pretty damn good. So the first part of it is understanding what I did beforehand because everybody always looks at the dieting phases. That's where the magic happens. The magic happens well before the dieting phase begins. The magic happens in maintenance. The magic happens in priming your metabolism and your body to actually respond. So I eat at maintenance 90% of the year. Most of the year, I wasn't tracking my food. I was just eating and living my life. But I do have quality habits in place, so it's not a free-for-all. It's not a shit show. It's quality nutrition. I have a general idea of amounts and portion sizes that work for me. Now, when I'm not tracking and I'm living in maintenance, there is absolutely more freedom, more flexibility, more alcohol, more dining out, you know, kids have some leftovers. I'm probably going to finish it. Like they know that if they put some leftovers in the fridge, they have to be explicit and say, do not touch this. Otherwise they know that I'm going to eat it. But I've got a lot of quality habits in place. So my maintenance <clears throat> doesn't look like, you know, shit quality food and a ton of alcohol and no movement and no working out. Like there's a lot of quality habits, but I don't track anything for most of the year. So when I started to think about the timing of the fat loss phase, usually, like I said, it's before summer, but my buddy, you know, had his 40th birthday. So he put the trip to Miami on the calendar. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. I'll plan for that. I'll cut for that. And then, uh, and then kind of reassess and, and then take the next leg through July wedding date. And that's it. And then I'm done. So what we did was we started, I have a coach. So when I say we, I'm talking about myself and my coach. We started to track again, just to get an idea of what I was consuming. So that way we have a reference point. My calories and my maintenance right around 3,100 a day, uh, which is actually low considering my size and muscle mass. And I, I do, like I said, I'm hypothyroid. I have a slow metabolism. Uh, being being able to, uh, you know, I walk 10 to 12,000 steps a day. I exercise, I play tennis, you know, I, I have a good amount of muscle on my body. 3,000, 3,100 calories per day should, should not be my maintenance. It should be more like 35, 3,600 calories per day. But given my metabolic state and autoimmune condition, that's the hand that I was dealt. It's not a big deal. So my coach had me, you know, track and eat at maintenance for a couple of weeks just so we could be more specific. And uh, I started to cut calories 
after that week period or a couple of week period at maintenance. And the first cut was like 2,200 calories, which is a pretty steep deficit. You know, um, it's about 30% from my maintenance and I, anything that's like 10 to 15%, that's a small deficit. Just, this is my opinion. Uh, 20 to 25%, I would say is a moderate deficit. So if I'm like, all right, I'm going to put you in a moderate deficit. Usually I'm thinking around 20%. Aggressive is anything over 30%. Uh, it was only for, uh, it was only for 10 days. So we had this structure where I knew, okay, aggressive deficit, 10 days. That's, that's very manageable. Um, and the scale didn't really move in the beginning because I have a metabolism that adapts quickly which plays to my advantage when I increase calories and I go from deficit to maintenance because it upregulates pretty quickly to adapt, but it also downregulates pretty quickly to adapt, which sucks because when you have a fast adapting metabolism, the quicker you hit a plateau. So that's why, you know, again, it's like understanding your body is so critical because what coaches used to do with me is they used to take this approach where they like, let's say we would start at 3,100, right? 3,100 calories is my maintenance. So they'd be like, all right, we're going to do a, a small deficit and we're going to cut you down to, let's say 2,700 and then 2,700, nothing would change. And then 2,500 and then 2,500, nothing would change. Then 2,300, then 2,200, then 20. And like, it would be weeks and weeks and weeks of this. And my body is just like, uh-uh, we're just going to keep down regulating and adapting and you're going to hit this plateau. And um, you know, I don't care what your plans are. We're going to adapt. So I prefer to go aggressive, but not do it for too long because I know that my metabolism will, will downregulate quickly and I'll hit a plateau, which anyway, so the first stretch was like, nothing really happened. Nothing really moved. And then right after that, um, I had my first trip. We had a vacation. It was only a few days. I had, a, my intent was to stay pretty consistent, but that didn't last very long. We ended up enjoying drinks, food, everything. Uh, it was kind of a free for all. And then it was only a few days. So it was fine. And then it came right back into that deficit. Um, so it was like a one week. So 10 days on like four days off and then one week on and then three days off. Uh, but then when we went back to a deficit, it was like 1970 calories, which again is a very steep deficit. And so even in the beginning, if you just look at the numbers, the first, like out of the first 24 days, so like a little over three weeks, it was only 17 days in a deficit and seven days at maintenance and then hitting the the lower number. So uh, then going down to, to 1970 calories. And um, at that, that rate, at that, um, at that calorie and macro level, my coach wanted to imp implement some metabolic flexibility. So we went high fat, low carb. Normally I'm a, a higher carb, lower fat person. That's just my natural tendency, but metabolic flexibility uh, I had Dr. Mike T. Nelson on the show who talked all about this. So if you really want to like nerd out on that, go listen to that episode. Uh, but it's basically your ability to use both fuel sources, carbs and fats at the right moments in like the efficiency of fuel use and storage. So how are you using carbs for fuel and storing them? How are you using fats for fuel and storing them? We want to be able to do both. That is metabolic flexibility. So we adjusted uh, calories and macros to practice a little bit of metabolic flexibility, and the scale started to move at a, at a pretty nice pace. So um, things started to trickle down and things started to happen, and then I had to travel for work. And once again, my plan went out the window. It was coaching con. It was a long trip of travel and 
um, you know, dinners out and drinks. And, you know, I was trying to focus really on steps and protein, but it's like, I, I eat a lot of poor quality food when I travel. Cause I focus more on like bars and, and shakes and things like that. It's like not a lot of whole food options and more dining out. And, and I don't over it. Like I don't over consume alcohol in those moments in those, uh, you know, on those trips, but it's like four consecutive days with one to two drinks that definitely adds up. So I came back from the trip. It was almost a full week that I was gone and came back and the scale was up like four pounds from where I had previously left off. And I just went right back into my deficit, 1,970 calories, which is really low. But then after like a few days of being back, I hit a new low on the scale. And I talked about this on previous episodes where that that upregulation, especially when you have a quick adapting and fast adapting metabolism that upregulation is super important. That's why we often give our clients the free day or the free meal, get a little upregulation and then come back down. So I hit a new low and then we did another refeed period. This time, I think it was a three-day refeed. And then we dropped down to 1850. So that's about a 40% deficit. I don't recommend anybody implement that. It's pretty freaking aggressive. Uh, but the reason why I was able to do it is because it was just one week. And my coach and I had talked about it. We're like, hey, we're going to just test the waters a little bit. We're going to see how you respond. We're going to see how you handle it. And don't like if it, if shit hits the fan, we, we tap out. The scale kept dropping and my pictures were improving, but I was like freaking hungry, like hungry, hungry, consistent and persistent hunger. So when that happens to me, typically what I do is I start drinking more like zero calorie, um, sweetened beverage, like Coke zeros and those icy drinks that are zero calories and things that just add a little bubble and flavor that doesn't, you know, it's not ideal artificial sweeteners. I'm not, I'm not a, uh, artificial sweetener hater or fear monger. I think that, uh, anything in moderation is totally fine, but I also don't like it when I'm overly dependent on them. So that was my go-to, chewing more gum to help stave off the, the, the hunger. And I noticed my energy levels and my mood were different. You know, it, the, the real funny thing for me was I play tennis every Tuesday night and then I also play Friday mornings. And I don't, I'm not religious about it, but I'm consistent enough. Or that's basically my schedule. And my Tuesday night when I was on 1970, I felt totally fine playing tennis. I had energy. I, I felt good. I felt clear. Uh, I was with it. I played well. Like just despite the way that I played, it was more about how I felt. Then when I was at 1850, that Tuesday night tennis, I felt like shit. I had no energy. I was completely out of it. I had brain fog. It was just, man, like such a difference. And you wouldn't think that a hundred calories, basically 120 calories would make that much of a difference, but it did. And so here's why this is important because my coach was like, this is great. We just found your bottom. Like we found your bottom. We can't go there anymore. We know that it doesn't sit well with you and it's doing more harm than good. You know, you're, you're physically feeling like crap, mentally feeling like crap. Your hunger is through the roof. And like, you just felt really good even though 1970 wasn't, that's not like my dream scenario, but fat loss is supposed to suck. That was a manageable suck. 1850 was not a manageable suck. So my coach is like, hey, this is great. We just pushed the limits and we found your limit. 
great information. Like that is such a valuable thing that I don't want to be overlooked. Like when you are working with a coach, these are the things that you learn that are so freaking valuable beyond just this one time. Like this isn't just, oh, it helped me lose body fat now. This is information that makes me more successful in the future because I know my bottom. Push the limits and I found it. That's super helpful. So anyway, we did a couple of refeed days, including Mother's Day, where I ate like an asshole, definitely ate too much. Uh, and now, and then back to 1970 to coast for the rest of the week. And then Miami uh, has been the refeed diet break. And ultimately, we're putting uh, together a game plan for through the wedding up until the wedding date in July. All right, I need to take a quick pause in this episode because that mic guy talks too much. So this mic guy is going to step in and tell you about something that you need to hear about, which is Cured Nutrition and their incredible Serenity Gummies. Because I don't know about that other mic guy, but this mic guy has been struggling with sleep. Anytime I struggle with sleep, I turn to Serenity Gummies and it always helps. Now, I'm pretty consistent. Every once in a while, I forget to take them and I notice a huge difference. When I take Serenity Gummies before bed, it puts me truly in a serene state. It is the perfect name for the perfect product. I still maintain that it is my favorite supplement on the market and nothing has surpassed it yet. And I've been taking them for quite some time. So the Serenity Gummies, a perfect blend with a microdose of THC. Uh, there's some functional mushrooms, some adaptogens, L-theanine. It is, it like just relaxes you. There's no more racing brain. There's no more anxiety. Your problems just kind of dissipate and it's so much easier to fall asleep. And they also have a sleep bundle, which includes their Zen caps and night caps. I have all three. If I'm really sleep deprived, I'll do the full gamut of, of the sleep bundle plus the Serenity Gummies. And of course, because you listen to the show, you get 20% off all of Cured products. So if you go to curednutrition.com and you use code POPFAM at checkout, P-O-P-F-A-M, you get 20% off. I highly recommend the Sleep Bundle. I highly recommend the Serenity Gummies, my absolute favorite. I love the Clementine flavor. And if you need something during the day, they're Calm Caps. If you have a little bit of anxiety during the day, their Calm Caps or their CBN oil, highly recommend both of those products for anxiety. So just go to curednutrition.com. You'll see for yourself what I'm talking about. Use code POPFAM, P-O-P-F-A-M. Get the 20% off Serenity Gummies for, for sleep. If you really need help with sleep, get the Sleep Bundle, which you also get a discount. It's already discounted, but you also get a discount on top of that. Uh, so if you need a starting point, Sleep Bundle plus Serenity Gummies. If you need help with anxiety, Calm Caps, CBN Oil, and uh, you can thank me later. But go to curednutrition.com, use code POPFAM, and now let's get back to the episode. So in working with Mel, her process was very different. So for me, it was about a 10-pound difference. For her, it was about a 7-pound difference, which is, you know, for her size, I don't think that she'll mind me saying, uh, but she's like, five feet 
tall. I think she gives herself five foot and three quarters. She's, she's five feet tall. And, uh, she usually hangs out like when she's in maintenance, she usually hangs out around 120. Uh, and she finished around 113. So that for somebody her size, that that's a huge amount of progress. Now with her approach, when I was coaching her and as I'm coaching her, she does do well with the progressive lowering of calories. And then we'll mix in a couple of refeeds, just higher days, not like traditional refeeds, but I'll do like, hey, if you have a, vo- a high volume leg day, let's do a little bit more carbs on that day. And it's not, I'm not talking about maintenance. So this isn't traditional, like we're going back to maintenance. This is just a slightly higher day. We do that two to three days per week. And then we also had a free meal that she was using every Saturday night. Untrack, just enjoy it. Don't worry about it. Don't track it. Just have fun. Enjoy it. And then on Mother's Day, she took her free meal on Sunday instead. But it's not, it's like if you had looked at the two protocols, you'd be like, how, you know, these are wildly different because they should be because we're not the same person, right? I know how her body responds. I can tell how she's holding up physically, how she's progressing mentally, how she's doing with everything. So I can tell when do we push? Like sometimes she's like, I'm, I'm good. I feel good. Like, great. Are we ready to push? Yes. And other times it's like, man, I'm stressed. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm kind of losing steam. Great. Let's pull back. Let's do a higher day. Let's take a free meal. The plan for each of us is different because we are different. And yet we both achieved what we wanted to achieve and we both timed it exactly how we wanted to time it. And we'll both have our individual game plans for the wedding. This isn't about modeling what we do or what we did. This is about understanding that my plan worked for me because it was aligned with my body, metabolism, my personality, and my lifestyle. Mel's plan worked perfectly for her because it was aligned with her body, metabolism, personality, and lifestyle. And by the way, when you want to hold on to your excuses, this might help you let them go. I already told you about my work travel, vacation, autoimmune condition, Hashimoto's, hypothyroid, gut health issues, all of it. But you're probably thinking, yeah, but you're a guy. Men have it so much easier. Okay. So how about Mel? Mel has three kids, had to travel for work, had her vacation. She's working two jobs. She has a lot on her plate. She's busy. She's constantly running around and she still got it done. There are no excuses. Seriously. Excuses are all valid, but they don't need to stop you. Because if she was like, well, I have three kids and I have to travel for work and I have vacation and I work two jobs, valid, but somehow she still did it. So your excuses can either be stop signs or they can be obstacles that you have to work around and they have to climb through. Anyway, the things that I want to focus on are the things that we both do, that these are the the tangible elements that you can walk away with. If you're like, I have a goal, or maybe you've been floundering around in fat loss and you can't figure it out. Maybe you're not seeing the results that you want. Maybe, you know, you're looking ahead and you've got something on the horizon and you're kind of like, man, I would love to be 10 pounds leaner. 
for the summer or for this thing or that thing or whatever. So the first thing is we don't half-ass our fat loss phase. And that may seem obvious, but I cannot tell you how many people kind of, sort of want fat loss, but they don't really want fat loss. Like when we're in, we're in. And that means that we get consistent as fuck. We cut back on dining out. We cut back on alcohol. We're not perfect. Like I mentioned, the vacation, the work travel, Mother's Day, like we're not perfect. We've had plenty of days where we both were like, damn, we kind of overdid it on that one. But we don't dwell. We just move on and we get after it. That's it. When we're in, we're in. When it's, okay, this, I want to make this happen. I want this goal. Even like, it doesn't have to be this like strong, you know, we talk about your why. We were planning to be lean for Miami just because we like to be lean when we're wearing less clothes. Like there's nothing profound about it. It's just an aesthetic vanity thing. Who cares? We said we wanted to do it. So we fucking do it. I'm sorry if that's harsh, but that's the reality. You don't half-ass it when you decide that this is something you want. You're in. That means sacrifices have to be made. The second thing that we do is we get really diligent about food quality. We load up high quality, whole foods. We cut back on processed foods, even little things like bars. I stop eating protein bars. I stop doing as many shakes. Mel eats a ton of rice cakes during fat loss. She cuts back. And it's not because any of these things are bad. It's just because it makes more room for fruits and veggies and quality protein sources and healthy fats and the things that make a difference. When anytime either of us, if we're like, ah, shit's not really progressing the way that we want it to, we ask, how can we improve food quality by 1%? We start to look through our, our lives like, what are some of these small Little changes that we can sub out and we can start to add more quality foods. That's, I'm telling you, Mel says this all the time to her clients. When they're in fat loss and they're, then they're stuck, she'll give them just like a little bit of a, you know, a nudge in the food quality direction. And it always works. Always. Third thing that we do is we walk a lot. Uh, I gave Mel a target of 12,000 steps per day, which she hit. My average has been 11,500 throughout the cut. Even when we travel, even when we're on vacation, we always find a way to get our steps in, no matter what. doesn't matter what the weather is doing. It doesn't matter what excuses we have. We get our steps in. We rarely ever, number four, we rarely ever miss out on protein. In fact, most of us, most of the time, we both struggle with going over our protein targets. Probably the hardest thing for me was when my calories were dropped, my protein dropped. And I know that that may seem strange because the theory is always keep your protein high enough, but this was another situation where we wanted to test. It's okay to experiment. My coach wanted to see how I, how I did with a little bit lower protein and I had to make an adjustment. It was not easy. I'm used to hitting 200 plus grams of protein per day and we had my numbers down to 150 grams. That sucked for me. I usually struggle with too much protein. I don't know if there's such thing as too much protein, but I usually struggle going over my protein target. But it's eating enough protein is such a high leverage habit that most people overlook. They just accept that, oh, I can't, I can never get in enough protein. Or have you just not made the adjustments necessary? 
Have you not spent enough time figuring out what enough protein looks for you and that looks like for you and then planning and doing it over and over again until it becomes easy? Like I don't have to actively think about getting in enough protein. That is just my default operating system at this point. That is how my brain functions. Those neurons are connected. <laughs> They've been wired together. It's just protein. That's, that's how my brain thinks now. It's not that you can't do it. It's not that it's hard. It's just that you haven't taken the time to get there and to solidify it. It's actually pretty simple. Number five is we still prioritize strength training. I'm usually around three to four days per week. Mel is more like four to five days per week. We find a way. When we travel, doesn't matter. We still get it done. Even if it's a shitty hotel gym, we'll still do something. I remember when we were in Italy uh, two summers ago. Was it two summers ago? Three summers ago. Four summers ago. Oh my God, I can't believe. What the hell? I'm pretty sure it was four summers ago. That's insanity. Anyway, we were in Italy four freaking summers ago. Uh, we had this little shitty hotel gym that like had nothing and we still got something done. We just made up. So I made up some body weight stuff and we just did something. The other thing, number six, we take sleep very seriously. Uh, both of us have been in a high stress state for quite some time and we don't always sleep well. Uh, last night, neither one of us slept well, but we make sure that we're prioritizing sleep. We, we make sure that we're doing everything that we can to set ourselves up for quality sleep, which is key. Number seven, we communicate consistently with our coaches. Like Mel keeps me informed. She asks questions. She gives me feedback. I know how to make adjustments for her because I know what's happening. I know exactly what's happening. It's not a guessing game. It's informed decisions based off of what's actually happening. It's so funny because a lot of people think that this process is like, well, the coach gives me the perfect plan and then I just execute it. No, the coach does what they think is best for you. And then they learn with you what's working and what's not and what adjustments to make. The magic, and this is the reason why I've never done like one-off macro plans, which I get asked all the time. Could you just give me like a one-off macro plan? Well, I could, but it wouldn't do you any good because the magic happens in the adjustments. The magic happens in the biofeedback. The magic happens in seeing how your body responds. That's it. That's the name of the game. If you're not communicating consistently, you're missing out on where the magic happens, truly. And number eight, this is probably the most important point. When we pursue fat loss, when we embark on this goal, we believe without a shadow of doubt, we, we know for certain that we'll get there. Both of us, we know for certain, there's no question that we will make it happen. Both of us started slowly. The scale didn't move for Mel for, for a long time. The beginning, it was like, she was like, oh, I don't know. I'm just, my body's not changing. Scale's not moving. I always start slow because of my metabolism. doesn't matter. Is it annoying? Of course. Of course it's annoying. We're human. We have emotional reactions just like anybody else, but we never stop looking for ways to improve. And we know that if we just keep going, we keep doing what we need to do, it'll happen. It will find a way. And it always does. Always. By the way, this was a study that I, I recently heard. When it came to like 
any sort of goal achievement, any sort of outcome or desire as we age. And this, this study was in particular looking at changes with age and the things that happen and the, like the natural decline. So part of the study was like your sex life as you age, there is a natural decline in the frequency and like the quality of reported sex with age. Then the other thing was looking at like body composition and, and weight loss with age and looking at perimenopause and menopause and, and the decline that happens where, you know, a lot of women will report that they're not as satisfied with their physical appearance as they age. Like basically looking at all of these things that move further away from what we want with age. And the conclusion of the study was that the number one factor for achieving the things that you want with age, meaning, you know, your sex life is where you want it to be. Your body composition is where you want it to be. Your career, your like anything, it was looking at anything that you desire in, in a goal achievement format is, is most correlated with your belief that it can happen. So they were able to tease out like, it has nothing to do with your hormones. It has nothing to do with perimenopause or menopause. It's do you believe that you can actually change your physical appearance? Because if you believe it to be true, you are more likely, significantly more likely to achieve it. You'll get resourceful. And that was the thing that the study showed was that the people who were like not willing to accept that their sex life was just going to suffer or that their body composition was just going to suffer, they found answers. They got resourceful. They got help. They, they didn't just sit there and like, oh, this didn't work. So nothing's going to work. They kept going. They didn't accept something as just, this is, this is my fate because this one thing didn't work. I was told to try this one thing and this one thing didn't work. So I give up. They just kept going because they had a belief that it could be done. That is everything. That belief is everything. So I hope that it becomes clear, like what the lessons are here. Like the first lesson is really simple. The first lesson is stop delaying, stop waiting. I'm not saying you have to jump into a fat loss phase. I'm saying get help now. You deserve the help that you deserve. Like you are worth it. Why are you waiting? What are you waiting for? You want a freaking written invitation? I send written invitations all the time. What are you waiting for? Stop delaying. Think about the cost of delaying. Start working on something. Work on maintenance. Work on your habits. Work on your mindset. Work on your relationship with food. You obviously have goals. You have something that you want to accomplish. There is a reason why you're listening. There's a reason why you're not just like, no, I'm good. I don't need anything. I'm good. Because if you felt that way, you wouldn't listen. So get a coach like now. There is a such a major cost. Everybody wants to look at the cost of something, like the purchase price. When I say cost, everybody wants to look at cost as the purchase price. Well, a coach is expensive. Of course, it should be. It's solving a massive problem. Think about what happened. Okay, right now, what does it mean to you and what does it feel like to not be where you want to be? physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever, with your fitness goals, with your health, 
with your relationship with food, with your body composition, with your body image? What does it feel like to not be where you want to be? What does it feel like to put on clothes that don't fit? What does it feel like to look in the mirror and not be satisfied? That is the cost. And every single second that you don't take action, the cost is compounding on top of itself. Every day, it's built up frustration. It's more stress. It's more mental anguish that you are allowing, actively allowing to accumulate over time. That's the cost. So you let days, weeks, and months, and years go by without getting help. And you're sitting here thinking about the purchase cost. So really simple. If I were to say, all right, you have a choice, right? This will, this will illuminate a lot. You have a choice. Okay. The first choice is you can have the body that you desire physically. You can have the relationship with food that you desire mentally. You can set the example that you want for your kids. You can feel comfortable and confident in your own skin. You can have energy. You can be strong and fit and toned and lean and athletic and healthy and live a long and vibrant life. That's option one. Or option two is you can have a one-time payout of $5,000. What are you taking? Are you taking the 5,000 right now as a one-time payout? Are you taking the body, the mindset, the stress relief, the setting a good example, the long and healthy life? Serious question. I don't think that there is a, I think that there's a lot of people who are going to be like, actually, I don't know. Maybe I would take the 5,000. That is informative because it tells you the value that you're placing, which means that it's, it's probably not that big of a deal. You're probably not that uncomfortable. You're probably fine. You might not have goals. That's cool. Because a one-time payout of 5,000, look, we know this from lottery winners. Lottery winners end up broke and miserable. Why? Because the one-time payout does nothing for their happiness or fulfillment. They think it will. It doesn't do anything. We have evidence. We have statistics. We have research to back this. Go look it up. Look up what happens to lottery winners. On average, it's not pretty. So we know that the one-time payout is not a big deal. 5,000 is nothing. You're like, no, but that would be a big deal to me. Cool. Like it would be helpful. I would, I'm not going to say no to 5,000, but if it's 5,000 or the body of my dreams and the mental freedom and the long and healthy life, hell yeah, I'm taking that. You can keep your 5,000 because it's important to me. I know the value. I know what it costs to be in pain because I lived that pain for decades. You can't put a price on that pain. But if you're thinking about it and you're like, nah, I would rather take the money, then it's just not that big of a deal to you, which is cool. It's informative. That's helpful. Then you can stop. You can stop complaining about your lack of results because you don't actually care that much. That's informative. That's useful information for yourself to be like, it's just not that big of a deal. If it is a big deal, then stop thinking about the fucking purchase price. Because if you believe and you have a problem and you have, and you're in pain and you don't want that to be the case anymore, you have the ability to get resourceful and to solve that problem. 
So the lesson number one is stop delaying, stop waiting, get help. Number two, your fat loss formula is unique to you, understanding how your body responds and how to align things with your metabolism, your personality, and your lifestyle is crucial. This is what quality coaching is all about. It's not a guessing game. Yes, trial and error is necessary. Through the process, trial and error. Just like we pushed the limits for me and we found my limit, that was trial and error. But once you learn and once your coach is able to connect the dots, it is a beautiful thing. It makes your life so much easier and you will feel a million times better. Number three, your mentality is everything. The way that you view your circumstances is everything. The perspective, the lens, the way that you frame your situation is everything. You can keep coming up with excuses. You can keep holding on to, oh, I have a slow metabolism and an autoimmune condition. Yes, so do I. You can keep holding on to, you have three kids and you're busy and you have two jobs. So does Mel. Like, I'll be damned if I'm going to let those things stop me or define me. You got obstacles? Cool. We all have obstacles. Start fucking climbing. Climb through those damn obstacles. Number four, your anchors will serve you for life. Your anchors, the foundational habits, quality food, movement, drinking water, lifting weights, like build your foundation and never stop building it. Never stop reinforcing it. Never stop trying to get 1% better. Don't ever stop working on your foundation. And the final thing is that nothing changes if nothing changes. The things that you've already done or the things that you're currently doing have led you to where you are right now. If where you are right now is you're in a position where you would rather that one time $5,000 payout than to change your life and to change your body, then where you are right now is where you want to be. That's great. But if it's not where you want to be, if you're like, screw that, keep the money. I want the body. I want the mindset. I want the freedom. I want the long and healthy life. And you're not there now, then it's going to take a different approach. You have to take an honest assessment of the things that you're holding on to that aren't serving you. You have to get real with yourself about what you truly want and what you're willing to sacrifice. If I can do it, then you definitely can do it. If Mel can do it, you can do it. We're certainly not special. Actually, Mel is very special. She's literally superhuman. But I am not special. I am the furthest thing from special. I'm about as average as it gets. I don't excel at really anything. And I have plenty of obstacles in my way. I can do it. Literally anyone can do it. And we see this. I cannot tell you how many times this exact scenario plays out where somebody will say, nothing works for me. Nothing has worked for me. And they join our program and magically something works. And it's not magic. It's just that nobody does this. Nobody does this. Nobody looks at your personality, your metabolism, your lifestyle, all the things that make you, you, and then puts together a plan while also listening and gaining feedback as to what's going on. How are you responding? How are you holding up? What do we need to account for? What do we need to overcome? Do you use food as an outlet? Do you eat out of emotions? Do you stress eat? Great. Now let's, now we know what roadblocks we're facing. Let's overcome them. And it's just a process and it always works. It always works. Sometimes it doesn't happen as quickly as people like, but when they look back, it happens faster than they can believe. 
as long as you're willing to play this on a long-term time horizon, it will work. You just have to take that first step and do it. If you're afraid of the commitment, take the first step and join a trial where you can see for yourself for two weeks to see if our lower level coaching program, like just take one step. That's how I always approach things. Micro step. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. You can micro step your way to what you need. You can go to neurotypetraining.com slash trial. You can sign up for free for two weeks of Pop Essentials. That's a micro step. That micro step might lead you to recognize that you actually do need one-on-one coaching. We've had that happen with plenty of people. Like, hey, this was great. I learned a lot. I really learned that I need one-on-one coaching. Great. Let's micro step our way there. If you don't take any steps, you will always feel overwhelmed and defeated and anxious. That step, that first little micro step starts to give your problems no more room to breathe. It reduces the airspace for your problems. That little micro step. When you do nothing, when you delay, when you stay the same, you are giving your problems oxygen and life and you're allowing them to breathe. You're allowing your pain to flourish. That micro step begins to starve your problems, deprives your problems of oxygen. It's that first step to being pain-free. Just take that little micro step, sign up for the trial. You don't even have to sign up for the trial. It's just an option. Just letting you know that it exists. You can do with that information as you please. It's at neurotypetraining.com slash trial. Again, you have everything that you need at your disposal right now to make a fundamental shift that could change your life forever. You just have to do it. You just have to take the first step. Hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully this gives you some insight and some tactical strategies that you can work on right away to get to where you want to be. But you got to start. Stop delaying. That's the bottom line. Get after it. If you need help, you know where to find me. And I will talk to you guys very soon.